You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Mic check, check. That's, that's a mic check. That's nope. Sandy. That's Sandy Brown. Sandy gonna knock it down. You, you good? And then. And this is Shang. This is Shang. Yes. Seeing Shang's look at his rich ass voice. Do it again, Sandy. Talk Sandy. about. Sandy. It's Sandy Brown. Say it again. I'll knock you down. Okay. I am not I'm live. Gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit more volume. Then give me. There we there go. go. Right, there we, we go. There we go. You see that little green thing? All right, here we go. All right, here we are at the After Life in my yard. It's le- it's late. It's after it's after midnight, and uh, yes. it's after hours. I'm here with Shang. Forbes yes. and Cindy Brown, I'm but Shang, Shang Forbes, uh, I've been wanting to have a, be on the podcast for a while, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm I think glad I've I'm asked here. you a few times, right? Once. Oh, once. All right. Yeah. Is that, so, is that how we're starting off? Today? Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I, you know. No, no. I was. It was once, and I had a. I had a set. I had to go along. Well, this is the thing I've, I found about having a podcast that is through the Laugh Factory, right. Laugh, but but they're not helping me book it. So the only way it gets booked is I have to go up and beg people, and I feel like it's. It's like when I was asking girls out on dates, they would always, they would never say, I don't want to go on a date. They go, Oh, I'm going to see my mom tomorrow. I can't. Right. And then you think that that's why they don't want to date you mm. or they don't want to go out. And then you find out, Oh, every time I ask her out, she has some excuse. Right. I have to be in surgery, heart transplant. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so the same thing with the podcast. I ask people, like, Hey, it's like, Oh, no, I'm sorry. And then after four times, I'm like, they just don't want to do my fucking podcast. No, no. It was just once. And no, I, not you. Not you. I was booked. <laughs> Luckily, booked. but I've had I've had comics too where I go, hey man, you know, and they go, I don't do podcasts, and then two weeks later they're on Joe Rogan. I'm like, well, of course you're going to do Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan is yeah right now uh, a big deal. I'll say, I, I'll say. But anyway, well, Shane, so Shane, you just so is yours. You just okay. murdered. You just murdered it, on stage. It went okay. I went. Yeah, you well. said that. You said you're like, yeah, the second show not as not as good as the first. No, one. the first show was where was great. that? Uh, improv. Yeah, I did the improv, and then this show, I messed around too much i was joke i actually joked around while i was joking but i did come up with a couple <laughs> new riffs dude that's huge that's, yeah well you i came up with a couple new riffs and so, what were the new riffs uh did i the r kelly uh, i did an r kelly joke yeah and actually the the second tag worked what was the second tag about uh basically they were saying that the all his friends were saying he didn't know the girls were that young yeah and then I said, uh, you didn't see her shoes lighting up <laughs> when you were trying to have sex with her. So you didn't see the My Little Pony parked outside. That's the one I got in the playoffs. Yeah, the, the My Little yeah, Pony parked pony, outside. Uh, and the, what is that, an Easy Bake Oven? That was the tag. <laughs> what is that, Easy Bake Oven? Come on, get in here. And so I joked about that. But some people laughed at me. Oh, but you, that was great. It was great, though. Do you feel that people are still defending R. Kelly? Yes. Oh, God, yes. I want to I ask you about that because, you know, why I'm, I'm white. If you guys can tell. <laughs> and I feel that, like, the, the white community, if there is such a thing, they don't, like, defend their ranks. Like, when a white person gets, like, this person did this, the white community is like, okay, fuck that person. But to black community, they, 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 to they, a they, point. And, and I mean, in a good way, they go, Trump, they protect. They Trump, they do, they do let him slide. That's absolutely on true. A lot of, lot of negative, nasty tweets and yeah. things he said. And his whole cabinet, they let them lie and bar lies and his lawyers lie and Cohen lied. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's both. It's just the stakes are higher. R. R. Kelly, 
that was creep, creepy town. Yeah. And black people usually feel like, well, I like his music and that's all that matters. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you wouldn't let him have your daughter over while he was recording. Yeah. So I, and I think white people, it's higher stakes. It's higher stakes. They'll be like, well, I know Trump just, you know, fucked over Puerto Rico. But, but yeah. I like his tax policy. Yeah. So they, they it's the stakes. Now, I want to get, I want to get into your story. Uh, I know you were, you're a, a vet. Well, that's what they tell me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. That's what they call me. By the way, the coolest credit of all to be a vet, I think, as a comic. It's just, I don't know, every time, every time I, I, you talk about Iraq, I was like, damn, man, it's, it's a very unique point of view. But Not you know what? Can talk that, about it. If you, you, you could, when I'm doing military shows, I just did it one. It kills with general public. Like, they don't know shit. Oh, really? Fuck no. Like what? Because you're They fucking... don't know anything. They don't know anything <laughs> about anything. They just know, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know what? Beyonce killed it at, you know, Coachella. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's very limited. So I, I try to, I, I do it in long sets sometimes, but. I, I I pull back on it, and you've been there. Yeah, she's she's done she's shows. done a bunch of military shows, and the military they love it. And I'm going back um, October eighth through the twentieth. I'm going over and do a bunch of shows in Korea and in, oh man, I'm doing Korea, Japan, Singapore. Well, I forget where I'm going, and uh, after that, Singapore, Guam, and then I'm coming back. Oh, nice. So I'm tied in with that. And, uh, it's called Battlefield Entertainment. I've heard of that. Yeah, of yeah, course. So I'm doing that. But I mean, that to me, like the most interesting thing I find with comedy, and you do it too because you say some outlandish shit. <laughs> he tries to act like he doesn't say outlandish shit. I've seen your set. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I think I, that that's the fun part. I like when I say something, I go, oh, I'm definitely doing this abortion joke. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you about that because I also feel like one of the reasons why you're my favorite comics, your your point of view is very entrenched in your comedy. Very you much. can't really divorce your comedy from your point of view, right? No. There are a lot of jokes I have that may be like sexist or racism. Mia Mars, welcome back, Mia Mars. Hey, what's up? How you doing? She is back at Mia Mars. Yes. At Mia fucking Mars. Okay. Okay. We got to make sure you put that in there the right way. Check your text. Okay, I will. I will. That's no. Miss you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Let's catch up soon. Let's have like coffee or something. Um, Mia is a, is a, is known in this podcast because she comes by and she and hasn't been a guest yet, but she will be soon. Hat. And not only that, <laughs> and she's a comedian. Yes. And a badass. And a badass. You know, what I'm saying I've seen yeah. her kick ass. We're, take, take names. We're gonna we're gonna let's get you on like um, next week or something. Cool. Let's do it. We we could you, you she tells the truth too. So, but I was going to say, uh, uh, in terms of the point of view, I used to do jokes, uh, like, let's say chocolate Sunday, right? Right. And I would always go into these shows going, okay, I'm going to say things to get a reaction. Right. Not because I want to piss people off or I want to like exert some point of view about race, but I know that this joke will get some reaction. Right. But it also wasn't really connected to my point of view at times. Right. And I stopped kind of doing jokes that were just sort of, I don't know, flat footed and the way they dealt with race. I want to do stuff that was a little bit more complex. Right. You know what I mean? Because I think that a lot of people talk about how in comedy now, oh, you can't talk about this. It's so sensitive. But I don't think that's true. I just no. think you have to be more creative about it. Right. You have to like, just be less hacky and you can talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk right. about. You and the audience think, will go with you and they'll be like, well, the audience if they will, don't agree with you, they'll go, oh, but the way mm, that you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think that the audience's the mentalities are they're dumber 
than they used to be? Just, no, way dumber than they used to be. Why? And you have to you have to paint by the numbers to show them. The Why jokes. do you think they're dumber? Um, because the general consensus is people's attention span is shorter and shorter. So the shorter your attention span is, sometimes you don't get enough knowledge and all the right answers. All you do is take everything in with a soundbite mentality. Yeah. So you don't know the full story, you know. Um, and I think that touring, I tour a lot. Crowds are not as bright as they used to be. But if you're creative and you go at them a certain way, you can get them. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, misdirection jokes work really well because even though it takes them a minute to get it, they get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, so. I've never seen you have a bad set, so I can't imagine. That's so nice of you. No, but it's true. Um, I do want to talk about how you how you got to where you are in terms of your point of view and your belief system. I mean, were you raised – were you always political? Because I feel like you have a, a – No. A, was, I, was I always political? Hold the mic to your mouth, Sandy Brown. Yeah, come on, Sandy oh, Brown. No, that sounded so nasty. Okay. Okay. How long have you guys known each other? Uh, oh, 20 years. Stop it. They mistake with someone else. No, 20 years. No. Um, um, he came through uh, town. He was the headliner. Um, Put the mic I, near your fucking he, mouth. That sounds was, like a porn it thing. It sounds awful. Put the mic near your mouth. Uh, Shane was the headliner when I was in college. And uh -huh. I uh, was the Lord. feature at Passans in Berkeley. Yeah. You went to Berkeley? Yeah. Uh, my daughter went to Berkeley. Well, she's at Berkeley, but she dropped out. Another story. Anyway, another she'll story. Be, she'll be back. Uh, a lot of money <laughs> wasted. wasted. Yeah, yeah. So he's headlining. Um, um, he was beast mode forever. Beast mode. Beast mode. Oh, beast, beast mode. mode. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I had, I was more point of view before. Now I just want to get my rent. You no, know, you were political. Even the classic bits that you had, no, you were political. Even I, when we did Def Jam. No, together, I said now. Oh, I, yeah. Now when I, like, I only in political. I'll do a forty-five minute political set when I'm in New York. Philly, Chicago. I'm not doing it in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do some <laughs> yes. dick jokes and, and get and through out, the in set. And out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to trying to convince these people that you know you should definitely read or know something is out of out of the question. They <laughs> they don't want to. Do you feel that you've lost respect for audiences? That uh, way? Wow, that was. Uh, and, and not not not. Bill Doss, no. those shots. No, no, no shots fired. I meant like I meant like. But like no, you're I've lost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've lost respect for the country. I've lost respect for the audiences. I've lost respect for people not having common sense. And when they see something right in front of them, I made a joke tonight in the first show about Charlottesville. Yeah. And like, how do you justify this dude that ran over a girl? Yeah. That was someone's daughter because you didn't like the fact she was out protesting. People who say Jews will not replace us. Yeah. How do you justify, well, she shouldn't have been out there? And somebody actually said that. So Really? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't – when I see that and I see a bunch of people back her up, I mean back This happened up. in the first show? No. No, no. On the first show, no. I did the bit and uh, – I did the, the whole bit and somebody in the audience was like, you know, pro, you know. Trump, I, I guess. Pro-Trump and pro-Nazi and pro-whatever. Um, and I just roasted them, fuck them, <laughs> and, and then showed her how dumb how dumb they are. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I, I've lost respect for audiences, but I respect I respect comics. Yeah. But I respect I lost respect for audiences. I'd say about forty percent of the country. Interesting. So were you always back to the political thing? Did you? What was your family? How did you grow up? What was your story there? No, <sighs> they weren't political at all. They were just like where, where are you from? In New York. City? Yeah. 
What part? Uh, Brownsville. Brownsville. Where is that? <laughs> Brooklyn. Is, is, it, is it a part of Brooklyn? No, Brownsville? Yeah. yeah. I've never Mike heard Tyson. Of... He's from Brownsville. Yeah, my brother. My brother's a... I was back and forth from Pittsburgh to New York. Oh, okay. So I went to school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. Art Institute of Pittsburgh. The Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. What were you doing in art school? Art. I was what, doing painting? Uh, computer graphics and art Damn. and technical drawings. So and, you have like a nerd yeah. side. Yes, total nerd side. I did the technical drawings for Three Mile Island. Whoa. Fuck with that. Jesus Christ. People, if you tell somebody that, they go, no way. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did it. There's and there was, there's nuclear powered robots. I'm not kidding you. I know this sounds crazy. Huh. That shoot through a laser um, water that blasts the the pavement off of the walls because it gets radiation in it. And I actually did the the diagram for that robot. Wow! It looks like a little. It looks like almost like a a box with legs. Yeah, and it has this laser on top of it. And it also and it shoots water, like at I forget the, the amount of pressure it shoots. It was well, strong enough to knock bricks off a wall. Jesus, because they're all soaked with radiation. So every, I think every three months they have to literally repave the whole place. Good because lord! So much radiation, so the workers can't. Yeah, that's what I did. That's nerdy. No, that's a little awesome. tidbit for all you how, people how, out there. How did you get to there? So in high school, what was your story? Were you like, because you're a big dude? Were you a, a jock? No. Were you were you a nerdy a, kid? No, no. You were so wasn't cool. A, I wasn't. I was, no, I was. I was an artist, but I wasn't. A, yeah, yeah. Were yeah. you? Were you, so you're. So I imagine if you're in Brooklyn, and I don't know when this was, where it was. Let's say 80s or something. I'm old. I'm, 50, I'm 56. Okay. His Damn, portfolio you good. is amazing. His art portfolio. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Did I really can do that? Did you ever really want to be just like be an artist? I was doing it for a while. Yeah, and then what got you into comedy? Uh, work release broke. No, no. (laughs) Um, I just everybody was like, "Man, you funny. You should go do it, man. You don't give a shit. You'll say whatever." And how old are you at this point? Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little bit younger than that. My bad. And then uh, I started doing comedy and the owner of a club called who's on first peter's fellows and this is in brooklyn oh uh, no it's manhattan, on manhattan who's on first uh first and 80 oh it's it's like a bar was, restaurant yeah and okay. i did that and he said man you should do this for a living and then he sent me to catch a rising star wow who, at the time uh that was the shit back yeah back in the day it was yeah. catch a rising star and it was um uh lewis veranda yeah of course who's at carolines now yeah. yeah and he was the one who's like yeah man you should Chang, Bubala, you need to do this, Bubala. This is you. This is your life. And at that point, Lewis is a big name in comedy. Yeah, right. and he yeah. and he he got me on, and then he booked me at Caroline's when it was on Eighth. Uh huh. When it was on Eighth, when it was a little club, and then Caroline saw me. Yeah. And then once Caroline saw me, when they moved to the, they were at the Seaport, and then from the Seaport they went to Forty Ninth and Broadway. Forty Ninth yeah. and Broadway, and then that's why I can I've been getting dates there. So Michael. so so Caroline's was the club that you came at come up. That was it would be Caroline's and the comic strip. Comic strip, okay. And then out here it was, and then when I would go to Pittsburgh, it was the Graffiti Club. There's a theater called huh. the, the Graffiti, and then out here my club I came up through was a combination of the Laugh Factory, and um, used to be a place in uh, Van Nuys, the Van Nuys Comedy Club. Oh wow, man. I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, that's great. So when you were when you were coming up in, in New York, who were the guys that you came? Did you come up with a, a group? Yeah, a crew. Uh, comic named Talent. Um, yeah, 
Wait, hold talent. on. What about the bet? There was a bet that got you on oh, stage. Oh, no, the thing that made me get on stage. Oh, yeah, somebody bet me 50 bucks that I wouldn't go on stage, and I was so broke. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I got that bet, and I went up and I killed. I don't Jesus, know, your first time. First time killed. Do you know you I talked about? I bombed fucking horribly the fourth time. You have to bop at some point I bombed to realize so, I, Oh, I ate a bag of what was that? What was that like? Chipped dicks. Where were you when you bombed? I bombed at um, the Laughing Lizard in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> Dude, I'm from Alexandria. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. yeah. The Laughing Lizard. A uh, guy named uh, Mike Poole booked me on stage, and I mean, I just... Were you following a big comic, or was dude, it just... Dude, just did a bad choice of jokes. First couple minutes was... I had them. I did a joke about um, dragging albinos into the sun, <laughs> and when they die, you that's how they made bottles of white out. They were cremated albinos, <laughs> and then somebody got offended. What? And then I did a, this is I'm new, and I did a joke <laughs> about from the start, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I did a joke about um, the Statue of Liberty getting fucked by Godzilla. That's hilarious. That's the first. You know, when he first came to New York, that's the first person I could accommodate his giant <laughs> lizard dick. I thought, well, this woman, this woman will do. And, and um, which really fucked up a lot of the immigrants when they saw that image of Godzilla mounting. You which know, I'll never of, be able to get that image out of my head now. Out of your head now, yeah. The Statue of Liberty's face and just skull fucking her. And that was a bit that and what was my other bit? Dude, this is your <laughs> this is like your fourth set you do that. It's Most people that fourth set they're like my mom's weird. <laughs> no. Are you single? <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh oh, putting hamsters in microwave ovens to hear that popcorn sound. <laughs> and uh I said no, I was do I would do real dark yeah. Shit. What did you do on your first set? That, that was first, my the, the, first set. The fifty dollars. So it was, it was the same, probably type of stuff. No, on the my first set. set was about um, was at a club called Pips in uh, Brooklyn, uh-huh. and uh, my first set was about how Italians. It's basically the Eddie Murphy bit, but different. Uh, about how Italians are basically like black people, uh-huh. the way they talk, the way they walk, the way the swag. And there was a bunch of Italians audience like, I was not Mulians, but hey, that was a fucking funny joke. And then I did that. And then uh, I because I didn't have anything else. I was like, OK, there's a bunch of Italians. Yeah. And then uh, I did Italian, that. And then I did. Um, um, oh, women killing men um, from like like the show Snapped. Oh, yeah. But uh, I did a bit about how. That and about women coming in their period and killing their guy, <laughs> and killing their guy, and you're going through some stuff. <laughs> I was going through some stuff. Yeah, I was feeling no, but that was really it was a joke about because I literally got an argument with this girl I was dating, Nicole, and she justified Why you got me because <laughs> her name's no. Nicole, no. Nicole Green. Nicole oh, Green, okay. fuck her at Nicole Green on Instagram. At Nicole Green, <laughs> look for light skin girl, real light eyes, uh, really shapely body. And a very funny shaped head. <laughs> she has a head like she looks like. Uh-oh. No, she looks like the like the other end of a hammer, because has kind of a almost an alien <laughs> head. And so I was mad at her because she said she justified cussing me out, and she said, "Well, I'm allowed to cuss you out. I'm on my period." That's hilarious. And so that when I went that dude to set that night, yeah, because I didn't know what I was going to do. So it, going that's on what in came your life. out. <laughs> yeah. And but then by the third time, fourth time, I was like, I'm, let me write something down. Because this is all off the dome. It was off, a lot off the dome. And then I wrote some stuff down. 
and a couple jokes worked and then I did the albino joke and they got offended and then it just went downhill from there so the first two minutes I got them yeah. And then after that, it just went downhill. So how how we say went downhill? Does it mean silence or it heckling went, or uh, booing? It went from a lot of silence or, ooh, oh man. And then some brother in the audience said, "Man, you need to go back to doing something else." Oh shit! And then everybody laughed, and I got shook. Yeah. And I said, "Well, man, this is what." And then I was so aggressive. I was super aggressive, like you know what? I could go back to stomping your fucking mouth, <laughs> which the crowd got real. Yeah. Quiet, and then I and then I stood up there awkwardly, like <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm gonna come off, stomp your fucking mouth, because I got mad for real. Yeah, I course. took it personal as shit. <laughs> and they're watching this. And, then, and the crowd's just watching it. It's got quieter and quieter. <laughs> then you see the manager start waving me off, oh, and then man. I start saying, "And fuck you too." Oh. You know, fuck this club this is a dumb name for a club. <laughs> Laughing lizard. This club's gonna close in a fucking week, <laughs> and then uh, then they started. I heard a couple boos, and then it turned into a whole collective amount of boos, and then I uh, then I said, and I can't believe you guys like Marion Barry. He's a crackhead, <laughs> and so are you. And uh, that was it. And then people literally booed me as I was going to my car. Oh my god. I got booed in the parking lot. Got chased down by and, and like literally, like they saw me and they some people didn't notice me at first. I tried to sneak out and then they saw me and it was like, Boo, boo, you're horrible, boo. And we like Marion Barry, boo, boo. <laughs> and then um after that I got so mad, I'm like, I'm never going through that again. Yeah. because I, I oh it was so bad. It was like and I was thinking I should just get off stage. And then I went to get off stage and one of the other comics was like, No, you gotta finish your set. <laughs> Cause I was so shook. I got yeah. so shook. And after that, I never like I, even my worst sets. I still can at least dig out something. Sure. Because after that, I was like, I'm gonna write some shit. Yeah. And I came back and I did. Um, I don't know if you remember this club. Oh, let me see. Uh, there was a club called Nails. Nails in in New York. Nails. Why do I know Nails? Bert Smoove used to book in the Laugh Lounge. Laugh Lounge is still there. No, it's it's, it's closed. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. I did the Laugh Lounge. And then I actually had a decent set, and then I figured things out. So I left from there and went to a place, Stand Up New York, and I did that. And then I killed because I said, I just got to loosen up and yeah. be like I was that first time. Yeah. Loose and conversational instead of thinking, joke number one, yeah. joke number two, joke number three. So the looser I got, then I, then I you know, and then I, because I moved up from host to feature fast. Yeah. Because I would, I was so, I would do seven, eight sets a night. I was a monster. I would like anywhere I could go up. Yeah. I'd go up at a sushi bar. I didn't give a fuck. And everybody and the older comics saw my work ethic. And uh, I got kicked out of the comic strip. Lucian Hole kicked me out of the comic strip because I did a Satan worship joke. And some people complained. <laughs> and then Bill Hicks saw me. And the second set, he said, don't do the Satan worship joke. But I didn't have any other material. <laughs> so I... I had to because that's. I love that Bill Hicks told you not to do a no, Satan no, worship. not Bill Hicks. No, uh -oh. no I'm saying this uh -oh. what happened. Uh, I, the first set went good, but the Satan worship joke, a whole bunch of people. Okay, so Lucian said, told you don't say that. Lucian said don't do yes. that. Then I went on stage. The second set, he let me do the second set, but he said don't do that bit. Do another bit. I didn't want to tell him I don't have any other bits. <laughs> this 15 minutes is it. Yeah. So I did the bit anyway because I was already into the jokes sure. and I just did it because I didn't know what else to do. And uh, and it got a laugh. I could see if I it bombed. I mean, I know the, you know, sacrificing babies, that part was bad. <laughs> but the sacrificing baby bit 
just start. I got to laugh off that in a second, and then uh, the the baby blood parts. I got to moan, <laughs> and uh, but baby blood's pure. Yes, it's true. It is pure. And so, and then I come off stage, Lucian meets me, because he used to have a ponytail, and he started rubbing his ponytail, going, Shang, I told you not to do that bit. Uh, you're banned from this club, and I'm going to tell the other clubs that you Whoa. don't know how to take direction. Guess who's standing behind him? Bill, Bill fucking Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. And Bill Hicks pushes him, physically, but he was drunk, physically pushes him, pushes Lucian to the side, said, I think that fucking Satan bit's great. And he said, and if he don't work here, I don't know him. I don't know Bill Hicks wow. other than he's Bill Hicks. And he's I'm Bill like, Hicks. what the fuck? Is that Bill Hicks? Right. Yeah. I was like in awe. And he pushes Lucian Hole and says, if he doesn't work here, I don't work here. Wow. And you don't want me not working here. And I'm bullshit you not. And he, as he walked over, his pictures on the wall. And he punched. If you're going to kick him out, you should kick this guy out because he sucks. And bust the glass on the picture. Then said, this guy sucks. It was a guy named Don Ippolito. And he's like, look at this guy. He's fucking doing juggling. And so so if you keep him, you you know, you keep him. Yeah. And Lucian was like, I'll give the kid another shot. <laughs> and he never said anything to me like that again. Yeah. And then uh, I figured out how to make the Satan joke. It was the baby blood part of the joke <laughs> that people kind of, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Took and it so that was the part. It wasn't sacrificing the baby part. That's fine. That's fine. But um, yeah, it was, I remember, and then I ended up working with Don Ippolito, and then he started talking, because he was a roughneck, and he yeah. was like, I heard Bill Hicks was talking shit. And I was like, no, it was just, you know, he was drunk, don't, yeah. it's like, hey, when I see him, I want to show him a thing or two. Oh, no. And then he puts this giant rubber band on his nose so he can do this boxing bit. He puts a rubber band, he used to put a rubber band over his head, <laughs> so his nose would look flat. Yeah. And do a bit about boxer. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking shit about Hicks and I'm going and he literally puts a rubber band on his face so and then finally I got to work with Bill Hicks because he didn't book me with him he didn't chum up yeah when's that, when you see him again like um, a year later and, and he, he remembered you yeah yeah I said yo man you saved my ass man I, I mean and he said uh, yeah I kept that $15 rolling into your pockets so he remembered me yeah. And he said, you still doing that bit? I said, no, I got a new bit that's worse. <laughs> and uh, he said, he said, well, maybe I'll check your set out. And he fucking did. Yeah. He checked my set out and he talked to a dude named Jack Mondros, uh -huh. who used to manage him. And Jack Mondros ended up managing me because, he, because of that. Wow. And then Hicks, the reason he stopped managing me because Hicks died. Yeah. When Hicks died, he just, Jack lost it. And sure. And said, fuck, fuck comedy and end up selling cars did you go on the road with hicks at all i did like three shows wow what was that like it's fucking awesome it was the best shit ever yeah that's why i remember and i want to tell everybody he was one of the funniest dudes ever Even do you think he, he doesn't bombing. get the credit that he should get no it? not at all yeah i would watch him do sets i'd be in awe and then uh he would push me he didn't push me the hardest the person who pushed me the hardest was dick gregory it would be dick gregory then it would be paul mooney oh boy and and but hicks would tell me you know, quit being a pussy, do this bit. Because I would tell him a bit, then I'd be like, ah, but I'm going to get kicked out of the club. He says, hey, fuck them, do that bit. That's awesome. You know, and so, and I would do it. I remember there was a couple of bits. Because I, he had an, uh, I, my abortion bit, he had an abortion bit, but it was different than my abortion what bit. What was your abortion bit? My abortion bit was like, um, to, uh, you should pick it places that sell lotion. <laughs> Because that's where it starts. <laughs> and that's where it all starts. 
And then, because uh, you know we're not just dry, we're not just dry humping our dicks. <laughs> so if you don't like us killing kids, just pick a lotion company. And then, I, <laughs> and then I would go into even further about this spooge on the ground. What is that? No, that's Billy. And I would just take it deeper and deeper. And then, then he liked that for some reason. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with him. And the, I would go deeper and deeper into darker stuff. And then when I was talking about my mom dying, I did a bit about my mom dying. And he liked that bit. Yeah. So, but I mean, he people thought we were friends. It's like, he wasn't chummy chummy. He just yeah. kind of walk in and go, do that bit. Don't be a pussy. Then he'd walk out. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were boys or nothing. But he respected you, obviously. I guess. Yeah. And then uh, then he died. And then um, another guy uh, picked me up that had Dennis Leary, um, Jason Solomon, uh-huh. manager Jason Solomon. And he managed me for a while. Got me a lot of good shit. I give him big props. But... um. I mean, when I first started, I just didn't have any parameters, so I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Because I thought, I'm not going to do this. I'm an artist. I'm I was about to say, when was the moment where you went from being... Five years. So so at this point, I want to kind of back up a little bit. You're, you go to... You went to college? Yeah. Where did you go to college? Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie Mellon. Okay. Which is one of the best art yeah. schools in the, in the world. World. Yes. And um, so you went there, and then you got this job doing technical I drawing. I actually had a scholarship to Carnegie Mellon. And put in my father's name because I was too young, and he spent half of it gambling. Oh, Jesus. That's the truth. Yeah. But he was like, hey, man, you shouldn't put it in my name. You know I gamble. Wow. That's your answer? Yeah. My pops was so cold-blooded, but I now that I'm older, I love the fact that he said crazy shit. Yeah. But I was like, yo, you actually – so I had to get a job. I was working. Uh, I was supposed to be at full scholarship, and I end up working Yeah. at a place called the Dirty O. The dirty hole. What was that? Yeah. Sounds like a strip club. <laughs> no, it's a place that sells hot dogs. <laughs> I'm serious. In Oakland, Oakland. The dirty O, right? Yeah, Jesus. So the dirty. It's so nasty. But that's the name of it. It was called oh, the dirty that's great. O because it was just a filthy, horrible place. Yeah. But all the college kids would go there. And you had to like work study basically. You know, because like, your scholarship was spent. Spent. Done. Jesus Christ. So, um, but I still was like, "Fuck it, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere." Yeah. And then, yeah, and then uh, when I. Went back up to New York. I um, I worked at Leon Ludovici Studios. I was doing graphics for there, but it wasn't enough to cover my rent. And then uh, I worked there. I worked at a, a liquor store on 69th and Broadway, mm-hmm. carrying liquor from downstairs upstairs. And then um, I got an argument with the owner, and he fired me. And then I got another job at a restaurant, and I was joking too much. <laughs> And I said something that offended some Jewish people. Um, and, yeah, I, there was a racist joke. And, <laughs> Do you remember it? Uh, I think I something about the yarmulke, frisbees, something, I forget. It was something offensive to ah, Jewish people. No, nah, well, it was pretty. <laughs> no, nah, trust me. It, it, and then I got fired, and then I worked on the docks driving forklift. After about six months, I started driving to forklift. But I was for Perina. Remember Perina? You ever heard Perina Puppy Chow? Yeah, of course. Yes. Still around. I, I would. Uh, I didn't know. I don't know. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and we used to carry to put the bags on pallets. Uh huh. And I would I would do comedies until eleven. Then I'd catch the train to the dock, and then I would work from twelve till seven in the morning, and then I would sleep during the day, go do my sets every day. And, Jesus, and then uh, a comic. I mean, a, a guy at books comics named Bert Smoove. Yeah, started giving me a bunch of spots, and then I forget the lady's name at the uh, Laugh Lounge. 
she started liking what I'm doing, and I started getting a little bit of a following because they would only put me up at after midnight because of my set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> after hours. And, no, seriously, they wouldn't even put me on. Like, and then, uh, but Lucian liked me. I don't know why. Yeah, he just liked me. He said, and uh, Lucian, by the way. R.I.P. I'm sorry. No, Lucian was, liked me, but he he died. But he yeah, liked me, but he just felt I wouldn't listen. Yeah. And then um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm also say that because people don't know Lucian like in the comedy. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. He was I'm like a le- he was like a legendary booker. Yeah. Uh, at comic strip, Lucian which was Hold. the shit back in the day. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to get in there. Um, I showcased like three times, and I got in there. And then also, um, Louis Ferranda. Yeah. Liked me a lot. Name. And, and, you know, he used to give me spots at Caroline's would help me. And he had me open for Paul Mooney. Wow. And that was such a fucking big deal for me. I was, like, tripping out. I invited. I was going like, to say, was he, was, was he one of your heroes in comedy? Yeah. I mean, because he just didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. at least a young Paul Mooney. I don't oh, know yeah. how he was later, but he was he didn't give a shit. He would say whatever. Like, he white people would start walking out of the audience as well. Oh, good for you, white people. <laughs> and while you're at it, why don't you return the Indians, you fucking scalp? And I was sitting there going, he does. He didn't you give a fuck. Hey, how about here like bunny rabbits? Yeah, he just <laughs> hop out of here like bunny rabbits. And then he and I remember my father came to the show and he was mad as fuck at me. Wow. Because my, my father was mad at me because the way Paul when he talked to me, he would just call me. He say, uh, "Put the angry yellow nigga up before me." <laughs> and then and no, that's the truth. It was me, a comic named Tony Woods. Yeah, I know Tony. It was me, Tony Woods, yeah. and we we're on the show. And um, he would call me angry yellow nigga, and my pops hated that because he's like no i came to the show he came with four of his old friends and they're all dressed up with little sweaters and kango hats and they're like real proud of me I'm, you're at fucking caroline's and he started talking shit and about me like saying that kind of thing uh put the and don't be too angry nigga because i'm i'm the angry i'm the angriest nigga in the world <laughs> and then he he saw him call me that and um did he step to him? No, he he told me he's like fuck this. You you're not doing the next show. Whoa, you're not working with this guy. And he called uh, Paul Mooney a half a fag. Whoa, I was like wow. And and then what Paul I, Mooney do? No, Paul Mooney was standing near the green room. Uh-huh. And then I got mad because my pops was mad, and I told Paul, "Don't my name is Shang. Fuck you. Whoa. Don't ever say that, man. With your little fruity roll up ass." And I thought, and he, and then he ended up firing Tony Woods. He said, I like him. Keep the angry nigga <laughs> on the show. That is the best story. And it's story. crazy. He, he, um, so he took out the yellow. After he actually time. liked the fact that somebody said some crazy yeah. shit to him. Yeah. And then after that, he was cool with me after that. But I was, I just knew after that, I was like, never going to work again. And I had a good set. And I just thought, he's never, I'm never going to work again. And then, um, um, well, what was, I was, uh, it was not the man, I forget the manager, it was Nick. It was a guy named Nick that was a manager. He's on the Sopranos. He was on the Sopranos. Oh, he was, wow. the, he was the manager there at Caroline's and ended up being on the Sopranos. You've seen him in a bunch of movies. And he, he said, he said, what did you do? And I said, what? Because it was after the show. He said, Paul likes you. <laughs> like, I called him names. He said, oh, yeah, that's. that's <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. And then, um, but the gigs I did back then, I, I, I don't know why. I never had enough for rent. Sure. I would do so many shows and never had enough rent. Where are you living? In I was Brooklyn? living, actually, I was living uh, fucking horrible. It's at Ralph and Utica, uh, kind of a projects, but not projects. Uh-huh. And I had a basement apartment in a brownstone that they kind of like fixed up, but they didn't. Yeah. And when I left, 
I remember rain used to come down through the window because I could see people's feet. Yeah, yeah. And rain used to come down through the window, and my living room got flooded. And I sat there and went, "Fuck that! I'm going to California." That's oh, wow. when I. It wasn't. It wasn't anything else other than, um, because I used to come back and forth. I wasn't living when I met you. I wasn't living. I was going back and forth. Yeah. And when I just, I, I was so depressed and it was like, I'm going. If I'm gonna be bombing uh, and poor, I'm gonna be poor where it's sunny. Yeah. And it's you know, and so I I came out here, and then um, Fraser Smith uh-huh. would get me spots at the Laugh Factory, but late. The late. So this spot. so so this is in the because Laugh Factory was what 1980 it was started. Late late yes late 80s. 80s late 80s. So was it the same layout of the club or was it a different layout back different then? Different layout. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but Fraser liked me. I kept meeting like people that have been doing longer than me. They're like, "Hey, Shang, like, how you doing, man? Hey, hey buddy, yeah, yeah. So, good stuff out there." Yeah, man. Frazier, <laughs> Jan Smith, like my clean set. He still said, "You're a little, still a little bit too much," but <laughs> so I started getting spots at the Ice House. But out, I, I, I don't know. Like my comedy right now, I'm lucky. I'm working as much as I am, and I've been headliner for a long time. But I'm saying, uh, like, people have the rough patches. I think the rough patches make me funnier. Of that's, course, sounds yeah. weird. No, not at all. Because I mean, no, when I was muscle. really, I was like, like everything's bad. My divorce, my my ex wife, fucked one of the writers for a show I was working on, and I just fucking lost it for a while. And well, give us. Uh, I mean, I don't want to like delve too deep into the dark shit, but it is also yeah. kind of fun. So, uh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, that sounded really but horrible. I do love that shit. But that um, sounded horrible when your cousin got hit by a car and your <laughs> and his body hit you and knocked you into a car. But let's talk about it. How hard did it hit you? How did how hard so, did it hit um, you? Let's be honest. Because I want to get the chronology here a little bit. So you're you're doing you're in New York. When did you go to the military? Was that right after school? Oh, uh, that was before. That was right after I graduated, and I, it was because I needed money. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only reason. You were in the military? Yeah. I before. never do that. You never asked me. You selfish woman. You selfish heifer. Really? <laughs> and that's how I got all those military tours. And uh it was money. That what was what money. was that what was that like? Where were you stationed? Uh Fort Bragg and then I went to where was Jesus, I'm old. But Fort Bragg was the first one. And it was wild when they started station. They they started sending people out. I thought, oh, I'm gonna get to do some crazy shit. Yeah, like I'm one of those people you should not give guns. <laughs> like I know that sounds bad. Like I really like they could tell. Like really, we sh- maybe we shouldn't <laughs> teach this dude. We need to rethink. Yeah, <laughs> because the physical part I had no problem with, but I really how thought. Your, how did I you- psychologically I thought I really should not be. <laughs> Because I'm how I'll are you with kids. authority? Very bad. I was yeah. very bad. Um, but, That's when you knew. <laughs> but no, I I just was bad. I was a I was a bad soldier because I I saw it as this is the opportunity to do some really crazy shit. Sure. And and I all the people I hung out with and in fact he's a comic Ben uh, Ben Amper. I don't know if he's still doing stand up. He was in there and he was crazy. And that's why we would joke about. Oh, you know what? If we ever ever goes down, I'm killing a bunch. I we used to brag about who's going to kill the most people. Wow, that something was wrong. Like I just thought, this is what they want us to do, right? Uh-huh. Like even when I played football, I got I got. Uh, I remember I I end up hitting uh, Coach Frazier, which is crazy. Frazier who helped me out here, but Coach Frazier, I hit him with my helmet. I played for a month. Where? Uh, and when I played for a month in New York. 
And you know what happened? Uh, a guy hit you, and you're allowed, they're allowed to hit you. Yeah. And I couldn't turn it off because they were teaching us to be really, really super duper aggressive. Of course. And I never knew how to turn it off. Yeah. And so some guy in the end zone, I tackle him, and then when he gets up, he, he fucking hits me. Whoa. And so I hit him with my helmet when he took his helmet off. And then the coach Frazier, I remember Coach Frazier, because he looked like Ike Turner. I remember them. <laughs> and he looked like Ike Turner. And that part of me was like, that's why I don't like you. Yeah. And then he said something. He grabbed me and tried to pull me up from the back of my neck. And then so I blasted him in the face with my helmet, too. And no more football. Yeah. But the way they would train, not train, when you were. Wait, is this high school? Yeah. When they were, yeah, yeah. I was a fucking You're a nutty beast. buddy. Yeah. No, you know what it was? It was like, no, I wasn't. I would be cool and calm. But out there, they were like, no, you have to be like this. Yeah. And then you have to. And so I took it to heart. Like, yeah, you're supposed to fuck people up. And it's funny. When I watch Patrice on uh, Elephant in the Room. Pr- Patrice O'Neill. Patrice yeah. O'Neill. I keep. Because yes. you're a comic. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Patrice O'Neill. And he said, the way we play football is like, no, did you kill him? Did this dick in the dirt? <laughs> That's really how we were. It's like, yeah. no, is he crippled? If he's not crippled, you, you're a bitch. You're yeah. fucking crippling. And I really started thinking like that because the coaches were like, yeah. cripple that mode. Like, they used to send people out to really take people out where they couldn't play no more. Yeah. But now you can't do that. But I'm saying then. Then, yeah. It was like, fuck people up. Well, one, one of my favorite Neil Brennan jokes when he's talking about Ray Rice, he goes, Ray Rice was just doing a football move off the football field. Off the football field. That's <laughs> exactly it. true. I mean, people get so freaked out when all these, you know, there's domestic violence. Like, you're breeding, you're not breeding, but you're making them. You're making super big, muscular, aggressive motherfuckers. Yeah, who have training, CTE. Training, a response. training them to run as fast as possible into another person and smash their head into their head. Yes. And, and yeah, and there's a part of Shang, the artist, that liked that. That I do. I still like evil, <laughs> evil shit. I like. I watch um, f- epic fails. Oh yeah, I can't. I, I get love that sometimes. where people get hurt. Oh my god. Um, but no, like even sometimes in my act, I can tell. I get like I can tell if, if somebody heckles me, I'm I'm more attack instead of finesse. I just go, you know what? I won't even come up with a clever line. I'm like, how about <laughs> fuck you? <laughs> like. And then people are like, you're not going to do no bit after that? Nope. nope. <laughs> That's, have, think, you, have you ever had a moment where you felt that someone attacked you or you yes. were, literally attacked you? Yes. Four times. Go on. Four, go, <laughs> why did he do it? Like, and, and elaborate. I mean, because I think, I think that every, com, every comic has a little bit of a, of a fear that wish either it's like a death wish or fantasy that one day someone's going to attack I me mean, look jim jeffries became famous because someone came on stage and beat him up yeah and that video got well, viral brian but, holtzman they would throw they would throw, throw chairs at him <laughs> oh, jesus no yeah i uh, know i did it this sounds so funny but it's the truth it was a club called stitches in <laughs> philadelphia that's why it sounds like stitches. a bit <laughs> irony alert it was a horrible weekend for me because of the money i lost um uh, some guy kept trying to grab my leg off the stage. He kept trying to grab my leg, and, uh, and I just let it slide a couple times, and I kind of lift my foot up and kept doing my set because I was like, I was really happy to be featuring. Yeah. I was featuring for, um, I forget the dude. Uh, I remember his name. Is this an urban club? No. No. Mainstream. And uh, it's, it's called Stitches. You can look it up. It's still there. No. Is it? I don't know. No, it's not. I don't hope not. <laughs> the guy was a mafia guy. And yeah. then, um, 
And God kept, and I said, don't do that shit again. And he did it again. I'm like, fuck comedy. And I took the mic stand and I swung it and smashed him in the face. Holy shit. And so that was bad. And then. Uh, did it get a laugh? No. I'm it kidding. Didn't get a laugh. Okay, yeah, it got a. Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. And then, uh, and then uh, it was a one night ghetto ass gig, urban gig in Denver. Um, this uh, guy was getting heckled. He was gay. And a uh, comic named Dan, I forget Dan's last name. So he comes on stage and beats him up. He wait, beats wait, Dan. Wait. The gay guy comes on stage and beats Dan up. Dan but they don't okay. close the show down. <laughs> Shang, you still got to go up, man. <laughs> people paid the money to see you get. And the dude sounded like that. Hey, look, man, people paid the money. You need to get up there and do your jokes. I'm like, your feature act got beat up. You're not going to close the show down. He said, man, you want your money, right? And you got to get your flight back, don't you? I'm like, so I go on stage. And the gay guy that beat up the guy, no, I'm good, that is still there. The gay guy is still, like, hanging out? Yeah, he beats Dan up. Uh, they drag him outside. He comes back in. I'm on stage. He's like, you better not say nothing about me. You saw what I can do. And I said, I'm not Dan. And then that was Dan you beat up. I'm Shang. And I try to, like, say, hey, man. I just want you to know that's a beautiful blouse you got on. <laughs> Trying to, he really, he had a blouse on. Oh, okay. Well, he had a blouse with little speckles of blood from Dan. <laughs> so, which sounds like a joke, but it's the truth. And uh, I wish I could come up with more clever, but it's the truth. And then he keeps coming at me with bullshit like, oh, bitch, you don't want to do, you don't want to do that joke, bitch. Oh, my and God. And I'm like saying nobody, I said, uh, I said, this is not going to go like you think it's going to go, dude. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not. And then, um. Sure enough, because it had a little lip on the stage. Yeah. He steps up on the lip, and I was like, perfect timing. And I blasted him as hard as I could with in his what? stomach. Oh, with put? my fist. Oh, your fist. And he's on the lip of it, and he falls back like this and hits all the chairs. It was awesome. Oh, my God. It was awesome. And then, of course, everybody's like, oh, shit, they fighting. And you know, when black people are like, oh, shit, they fighting. Oh, yeah. And everybody starts they running because he thinks it's going to be gun play. <laughs> yeah, this is and, pretty world star. Yeah, it was definitely world star. And then, you know, because I heard him and I was glad I heard him. I'm like, fuck him. And then the owner, I went over and I was like, yo, give me my money because <laughs> the bottom line is you're supposed to kick these people out. He says, no, nah, man, that shit was fucking, that was crazy, man. Gives me my money. $500. Gives me $500. I was like, he said, man, that shit was crazy, man. Yo, man, you fucked that dude up. This is your club, you crazy motherfucker. Nah, man, that dude, man, he, he always come here fucking up with the comics. Oh, wow. He shut it down. And I punched him as hard as I could. Because if you gut, gut punched, because I thought if he gets up here, he's probably going to beat the brakes off me. So I'm not going to let Was that happen. Was he a happen. big guy? Fucking huge. Oh, with shit. a blouse on. He was a drag queen? <laughs> yeah, it was a blouse. Like, you know the Prince blouses? <laughs> the Prince blouses. <laughs> no, remember the stuff he went to Frillies? Yes. That's what he Ruffle? had. He had ruffles? Ruffles. Is that what it's <laughs> Is it called Ruffles? Oh, the dude, Ruffles. Ruffles. That's Ruffles. so hilarious. Yeah, Ruffles, bro. And he was, yeah. And he apparently, he started getting popular because he'd come to the comedy club and yell shit out. And his, to see him physically, you wouldn't hear that when you hear his voice. Oh, don't go there, bitch. Like oh, that. Oh, no. So, uh, and I just blasted him. As, I blasted him. It was great. Oh, my God. And then right. I remember talking to my brother about it. And he's like, man, at least you got your money. So that's all that mattered. They were like, yeah. But I'm that uh, out here once. Uh, there was a club. Uh, it's the Pink Taco. It used to be 
Jay Davis's room. Yeah. Wait, this is recently then. No, Roxbury or Dublin? I mean, like eight years was ago. Was it Dublin? It was a long time ago. Dane Cook was always closing there. Probably Dublin's, yeah. On and, uh, Southside Sunset. Yeah, yeah. It was, Legendary I, show. Dublin. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, the people weren't mad about my set. Um, I come off stage and the dude was like, I saw you before, but you didn't do the joke me and my girl likes. Uh huh. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was a white dude with the sister. He said, "What you mad? Cause I got a black girl." I'm like, I don't even fucking know you. I don't care. I was I was in the glow of having a good set. Yeah. And uh, I was like, more like, damn, I had a good set. You know, and I had to follow some funny ass comics. Yeah. I was like, damn, I had a really good set. So I'm happy. Yeah. And he just would not stop. He says, yeah, that, you got a problem with that? You got a problem with that? Is That's he like an Italian guy or something? No. no He's just, I don't know what the fuck he was. Crack. All I know what, what he was, was he was flat on his back. Because that was silly. He, Would you punch him in the face? Uh, punch him in the neck. Oh. Because, no, he threw this really dumb roundhouse punch that what? anybody could block. Out of nowhere? A child could have blocked it. Because I told him, I said, listen, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about your Nubian queen. I don't give a fuck about Did none of that. Did you say Nubian queen? I said Nubian queen. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. And, and, I said, and I said, you know what? You're just another asshole in my way. Please move out my way. Wow. And he was like, what you going to do? And he threw this corny, Roundhouse. telegraphed, easily blockable punch. And I thought, let me just straight punch him in the throat. And I straight punch him in the throat. It was great. And I remember Alonzo Bowden went, oh. <laughs> he saw him drop. And I was like, I was going to stomp him. But his girl was like, no, don't. He's just drunk. He's just drunk. He's in me. Stop it. Because I thought he's down, stomping. And then I stopped acting like that after a comic named Ronaldo Ray. I don't know. Okay. There's a comic that was big in the black community named Ronaldo Ray. I was about to um, break a, a chair leg over um, A.J. Johnson's head. Is A.J. Johnson also a comic? Yeah, he's a comic. A.J. Johnson, he was in Fridays. He's a... He's, played he's, E.C.E. Yeah, yeah, he plays easy. Yeah. And he's he kept bothering me. And talking shit, I'm like, I'm not bag, you know, bagging when you're talking shit yeah, like yeah. a bunch of comics. Trash I didn't trash. I didn't do that. I was no, because I, I was like, I don't want to fucking talk shit. But I just want to do my set. Yeah, I was more like, I want to do my set. It was at the Comedy Act Theater with um, Michael Williams. So he kept talking shit to me. It's like, yeah, man, you ain't shit. You light skin and you ain't shit. And I'm like, man, but I'm funnier than you. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, but I got more money than you. I said, okay, you got me there. You win, okay? I understand you're short and there's problems in your life because you're <laughs> short. Because everybody else gets shit off the top shelves and you don't. <laughs> and he's like, what, you trying to be funny? And he can't, and AJ, you saw AJ. AJ's fucking, he's, a, he's like if Middle Earth had a hood. He's horribly, <laughs> he's a horrible little piece of man. And I'm glad Master P was about to burn him up in a porta potty. Um, that's true. Master I don't know P that story. doused it with gasoline because he kept touching the women on the set. Whoa! Uh, but I got the hookup, and they doused it, and was going to burn him up while he was in the porta potty. And I made a joke about it, like about yeah, you smell that smoke? You know what that is? <laughs> that's Master P about to burn you up. And then he said, "Man, I'm about to go get my gun." I said, "What makes you think I'm gonna let you walk to your car uh -huh. and get your gun before I drop ten on you?" Yeah. And then Ronaldo Ray 
because I had already got an argument with J. Anthony Brown at the another club out here. He saw me and said, "Listen, young blood, you got to stop this shit." Because I was just super aggressive. Yeah, you got to stop this shit. And then he said the most cool shit to me. He said, "Um, he said I'm arguing with this. Du- well, I got to do Ronaldo Razor. Yeah. I'm arguing with this dude about <laughs> about for about an hour." Red hair. Uh, Imagine red hair. No red hair. You got plenty of red hair. hair. He said, like, "I'm arguing with this dude." Then I realized who the asshole really was, <laughs> and I walked away. Now you take that with you. And wow. I start getting mad at him. I'm like, what's with all these fables, Pops? <laughs> like, because he's old. I'm like, fuck out my face, Pops. And he says, oh, well, you'll get it eventually. And I drove home and I realized I'm the asshole. Wow. That I'm the one keep letting people get at me. Yeah. So after that, never had an incident. Yeah. Again, never. Nope. Have, you, have you had moments where you've had hecklers where you're like, you feel it rising up at you, and you're like, uh, let it go, let it go, no, let it go. No, it's like it's a show. It's, they're yeah. drunk. So they're... you don't get offended by hecklers right no, now? No, 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 no. I'm aggressive with them. I shut them down, but I don't – like before I thought, I want to wait after the show and see if you talk mm. like you talk. You got something to say? Like, yeah. Like I would literally would think like I'm going to wait till after the show. Yeah. What do you think that? Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that was that like when you Just, did you grow up kind of in a – The shows rough... I was doing, a lot of the clubs – I was like, you had to fucking bring it and no security. It's a killer, killer be killed kind of. Yeah, but now I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, yeah. Now I feel like, no, you get shut down if you're a heckler, but I'm not going to, I'm not thinking about like, you know, using your skull for a hat. <laughs> but like, you got to think, this is a young dude that didn't know that, that's why my act was like, I would, I could show you taping me. I was super duper aggressive on stage. But I thought, well, Sam Kennison's super duper yeah. aggressive. And so I thought, well, yeah, nobody says shit about Sam Kennison screaming in people's faces, shut up, cunt. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I thought, and I loved that type of yeah, shit. Yeah. I love people used to make fun of Dice. Um, Dice used to work Dangerfields. I thought it was like, he don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved the fact he came in with the fucking. I thought he was dope. And other people was like, ah, he's corny. He's doing nursery rhymes. I'm like, but he's destroying. Yeah. Like, I don't care. The only person I saw follow Dice one night was Barry Sobel. And oh, wow. Barry Sobel followed him and murdered. And I would Yay, sit there. Barry. I loved him. I liked Robert Schimmel. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to love Robert Schimmel. Uh, my comics, I like Tom Rhodes. Mm-hmm. So he just has so much swag on stage. But, I mean, Robert Schimmel, I was so sad when he died. Um but he just didn't give a fuck. He would say the most dark, dirty shit in the world. Yeah. Um, Greg and Otto. Um, I think all the comics. Hicks was a god. Yeah. Um, were you a big comedy fan? Were you a kid? Were you watching prior? Yeah. And yeah. Who were your Who were your idols? Did you have any? Um, I would say it wasn't prior. It was Eddie Murphy first? Yeah. Because Eddie Murphy was younger and. Uh, Richard Pryor I thought was just always he seemed scared on stage he was always like a victim yeah whereas in Eddie Murphy was like no I'm the alpha yeah and I dug the fact he walked out like no I'm wearing leather fuck you <laughs> I'm wear- I get leather pants on they're tight on my ass not only am I going to be funny but I'm going to fuck your girl <laughs> and I like that I, yeah. whereas in Richard Pryor just seemed always like the victim yeah so everybody was like oh you're a big Richard Pryor fan I'm like nope I liked Eddie yeah I liked the comics that walked out there like yo this is it's going down yeah. That's why I like Dice. I mean, I wasn't a fan of Dice's material, but I liked his swag. Yeah. 
Dice had swag. I don't For know sure. why people act like he didn't. He was also funny as fuck. He was destroying. Yeah. I'm telling you, he used to do Dangerfields and murder. Uh, uh, Robert Townsend went up before him, and I was like, there's no way anybody could follow this set. Dice made him a memory. Like, it wasn't even was on the stage. And then that's when I was like, Barry Sobel's not to be fucked with, because Barry Sobel came up right after him. Wow. And destroyed and made everybody. Like, because I went up first. And I would go up first, and then I would go sit in the back to watch, because I was like, oh, it's heavy hitter night. Yeah. And um, I I liked Dice, but I loved I loved Hicks, and Dick Gregory. I did a bunch of shows with before. Yeah, you said Dick. He was like the, he pushed you the most. How did that? Because he would talk shit. It's like you know. But I'm I've totally backslid since then. But what do you mean you backslid? I do fucking dick jokes and pussy jokes to get through <laughs> sets, get my check. Because after a while, I thought I'm not gonna do some esoteric, deep joke that they're not gonna get and layered joke. Yeah, let me make this joke more complicated and, and with riffs yeah. that they're not going to know. Then you look in the audience, like tonight at the Laugh Factor, just fucking the one girl's 18. She doesn't know anything yet. Yeah. And I'm going to do, I'm, what I'm going to do, a Nostradamus bit? <laughs> yeah, let me do this Nostradamus bit. I'm sure you'll get this. They're not going to get it. Yeah, they don't know who that is. And it's, yeah, they don't know who it is. You can do references they don't know. It's just like fucking stupid. Um, I was a huge fan of Mark Maron's. Mm-hmm. People forget Mark Maron does stand-up. I suppose you not. But back then, Mark Maron was that evil, dark motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he said that I saw him, like, get shit thrown at him. <laughs> Some lady was old lady who kept talking to her in a set. He said, uh, yeah, I, get, I bet you were fucking since condoms laced up. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it. Oh, my God. Then he, and, of course, she threw something at him, just did his set. <laughs> then he did his stuff about the glowing fetus. In the in the abortion bin, because they accidentally aborted Jesus, and I just was like, "That's fucking brilliant." I loved Mark Maron's attitude. You know, he was a depressed motherfucker on yeah. stage, but on stage he would say some brilliant shit. Yeah, uh, it was a guy a comic named Blaine Capatch. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Blaine Capatch, and um, what's the other dude name? Kind of nerdy, looks like uh, something from Dark Crystal. Uh, what's the I mean, you I know what, Brian, Brian Posehn. Oh, yeah. He looks that, I'm, I used to always watch him go, he looks like something. Yeah, he from, does, man. He looks like one of those things from Dark Crystal. And um, I used to th- like them too, so that was the geeky dudes I liked. Yeah. And I used to always try to prove myself to the, um, like, because they always thought all black comics would just come up. And who liked pussy juice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pussy juice is crazy. And I used to purposely get mad about it because I was be like, I'm going to show you I know every reference you know. Yeah. And I can do your crowd. Yeah. But my thing is, can you do my crowd? So I used to, my my whole aggression was part of, I'm going to show you I can do all these references and I know all this shit mm-hmm. on stage that I could do. And that's where I became more political and more point of view because I was like, well, I'm already feeling this way, so why not? Yeah. You know. Now, it, now, do you feel that a there's living. a different, do, do you... I feel like you're also one of the comics. You can do any room, right? Luckily. You can yes. do the, all the urban rooms. You can do all the mainstream rooms. I did that tonight. I did You, uh, you could probably do alt rooms, too. If I've you, done alt rooms. You do alt rooms, yeah. So um, do you ever – and I feel that you probably don't change anything that you do if you're – because I know that for a long time, particularly when I was first doing Chocolate Sundays, I was like, I'm going to do all my right stuff here, and I'm going to make it like super aggressive. I'm going to like break dance and do all this shit. And, uh, and then I would do – whatever the mainstream rooms or the white rooms and I would change kind of how I presented myself and I started feeling that was kind of 
inauthentic and hacky right. that I did that. But I imagine you never probably went through that. Or did you have a moment where no, you're like, I'm going you know to do why? it this way, this crowd, this way, this crowd? Because aggression to me crosses all things. Yeah. Like if you say some aggressive shit, it's aggressive in front of black people and white people. Yeah. And if they're Asian or Latino, it's like, yo, that's still aggressive. If you just, if you're talking about hitting people in the head with a hammer, <laughs> right? If you're doing a hit people in the head with a hammer joke, <laughs> then you could say that in front of black people because they pretty much go, yeah, it's about hitting people with a hit, hit with a hammer. And then you can go in front of a white audience. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's pretty much a hitting a hammer. And, and you also, I mean, this is interesting. You, you tour around the country and you luckily, do like, luckily, you do Trump states, obviously, yeah. and Trump clubs maybe. Yeah. So when you do shows like that, do you find yourself like, ah, I probably want to lay off certain jokes? No, you go right into it. Nope. Oh, um, I just... So has your comedy changed since Trump got elected? In yeah. Terms of what you talk about? Because you, you really go after Trump, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I fuck him. Uh, I'm saying this on his podcast, fuck him. <laughs> and fuck all his little horde of followers. You I, was, I was syncophant, fucking lost-minded <laughs> cunts. Uh, you know, I hope you get raped by wild badgers in your mouth <laughs> while you're sleeping with your child on your chest. I so what do you feel about Trump? I hate him. Okay. Um, anyway, it's a joke. Uh, so, what's your real feelings? <laughs> so, what's going on with you? No, uh, I no, I just did a show, and um, I did a show Phoenix, and I had uh, somebody complain um, about a Trump joke. Of course, I didn't care. Yeah, do you um, feel it, it's it, it's that type of thing that would lose work for you, right? Having a uh, yeah, I've lost yeah, I've lost work. Yeah, and flat out. Uh, the comic strip in El Paso, Texas. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Bert didn't really agree with my politics. But at least he was honest. Yeah. He said, I don't really like what you're saying on stage. You know, I said, well, what about the fact it's packed? And then I had a good set. He said, not the point. Wow. Gave me my check. And I shook his hand like a man said, hey, at least you look me in the eyes and you call me nigger behind my back. Yeah. Cool shit. Shook his hand, said, all right, man, I won't be back. Yeah. You know, good luck, and I haven't been back since. Now, when you but when you do military tours, you can't talk about Trump, right? Absolutely, I do. really? Yeah, because I was told that I couldn't talk about the president when I did. Right. They USO. told me I couldn't talk about the president. I've always slipped a joke in. Always. <laughs> What's I your favorite I, Trump joke? Oh Jesus! Uh, how can you be racist when you're orange? That's what you mad at other Oompa Loompas, you <laughs> number five crayon. Fuck out of here. You. you were saying that tonight, yeah. You fucking crayon. He's a, yeah, come on. Um, but um, no, I, I, then I say, no, I'm not saying Trump. I mean, like when you Trump something. <laughs> and, I, and so I, I've gotten away with it. I've done stuff about, I'll say 45. Or I'll say mm -hmm. some, and sometimes they don't know I'm talking about the president. Hilarious. I, I, I've had straight up dudes. Man, it's good shit. Like I just did three minutes of Trump jokes, but I didn't say. I would. I know because they would say they tell you don't don't do anything point of view or political. Don't say anything bad, bad about America. I do it all the time. I did it. <laughs> I did it when I was. I did a uh, Korea motherfucker shorted me five thousand dollars. I ever see that dude. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I did it the whole tour. Wow. Yeah, me and a guy Brooklyn Mike. And, Brooklyn uh, Mike, yeah. Yeah, me and Brooklyn Mike went over there and I forget the other comic. Uh, and then me and Reggie McFadden, comic named Reggie McFadden, um, and Tony Woods went and did some shows in Japan. And 
Nobody ever came over to me and said, yeah. hey, don't say that. I cussed. And they said, I'll oh, keep it clean. <laughs> I was like, no. Nope. Like when I did over stuff overseas, nobody wants to talk about how hot it is here. Nobody yeah. wants to talk that we're in the fucking desert. And I walked out and did a bit about it's fucking hot. <laughs> and I said fucking and nobody came over to me. Lieutenant didn't come over. Hey, you know, you just no, because the soldiers went fucking bananas. They went. ah, Yeah. And then I started talking about that and talking about I know you guys miss pussy, don't you? <laughs> and uh, and they were with it. Like, yeah, you know, it's so not a lot of good pussy. The, <laughs> well, the women here, they're all covered up. So you don't really, you know, you don't realize they're a dude till they get back to the house. And I was doing bits and nobody said anything. I mean, yeah. Um, but I get more complaints here in America. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>